This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Laga Sports. Laga Sports specializes in making 100% custom, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel for a variety of sports, but they're known for the premium quality and creativity of hockey jerseys. They have a one-price, any-design policy. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a simple NHL style or if you're wanting to create jerseys that look like Rebel Fighters from Star Wars. The price will always be the same, and the design of possibilities are endless. Check them out at lagasports.com. That is lagasports.com. L-A-G-A-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Own your look, own the game. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Morning Skate. This is episode 112. That's right, we've done 111 of them beforehand. Now it's 112. I'm your host, Ked. Uh, I'm here with Hal. Hal, say what up, buddy. What's up, dude? And I'm also here with BizDev Dale, the analytical wizard of the NHL. How's it going, Dale? It's good, dude. You can find me in the corners and in the analytics section of your podcast. Attaboy. You sound like the EA Sports guy when you do that. Your podcast. How? What do you got? Yeah, I was just thinking There's been, what, 112... 112 podcasts, you said? Yep. How Actually, many- there's, been, there's probably been 115, but we've had to delete a few of them. How many of them do you think I've done? Oh, man, that's a good... I would... Probably Eight. 100, at least. 100? So here's my thing, dude. I, I just came to the conclusion that I have not uh, had a substitute once this year. Um, there hasn't been a substitute. You used to sub me in when I would no-call, no-show. So I was thinking, if I ever do need a sub, if I bail on a podcast, I think... I think then BizDev Dale just sits in the number two, dude, and you, you put him through it. Dale, do you think that you could handle something like that? This is also for sure like how like just his brain's just working on trying to get out of doing this every week. <laughs> yeah, so I, I definitely think I can handle some of the topics. I just really couldn't tell you like the third line of the Calgary Flames or anything like that. But, you know, whatever. You're, you're getting better, though, dude. Your Google searches are getting better. You have a calculator on hand. And I think those are both the things that the people want to see. Um, guys, we're getting close to Christmas. Before we jump in, just make sure you check out the Morning Skate store. We kind of went over it last week's sick hats, sick sweatshirts, uh, sick vests with uh, reinforced zippers. Uh, Dale, anything oh, else? On that? No, I'm just really loving my uh, Morning Skate jersey. Thank you again, Ken. And uh, I think there's going to be a giveaway coming up soon, so stay tuned for that. I love that. Hal, are you are you sporting anything over there? You got the Christmas cup or the, the coffee mug? Yeah, dude, coffee mug's right here, dude. Um, no, I don't have it with me. I actually did wash it the other day. It was funny. I like um, it's I I've beat it to shit, dude. It's fallen off tables. It's been cracked. It's it's like the it's the mug. I think this is a good representation of our podcast though and our merchandise. It is the mug that I grab when it's two o'clock in the morning and I just need something. 
Okay. There's nothing wrong with that. It shows a lot it's of voltage. Like purpose, dude. I actually used it the other day, and it was really dumb because I have, like, buckets and stuff. I used it the other day uh, to fill up the Christmas tree. Uh, to water the Christmas tree, I used the morning skate mug. So back and forth to the sink I went. But it was a nice pour. It's small enough where it could pour right in there without any residual spill. And it's always nice to have a good coffee mug, too. So just be sure to check them out. I forget how much those are. Probably like $5. I don't know. Um, but we have a lot to talk about this week. Uh, Dale might be joining a beer league. Hal's got a pretty funny zero of the week that has to do exactly with Dale. And, uh, guys, Ked's on the IR again. So uh, we'll get into that a little bit later. But first things first, NHL in the, new- wow. NHL in the news play the music. All right, NHL in the news time. First things first, I kind of just wanted to put this on here. We don't really give goalies a lot of love. We don't really give Maple Leafs a lot of love, but Maple Leafs goaltender Frederick Anderson is the fastest European goalie in NHL history to reach 200 career wins. He's tied fourth fastest overall. Um, This kind of came at me out of nowhere. Hal, correct me if I'm wrong. He was the goalie on the Ducks for a bit, wasn't he? Yeah, it was him and John Gibson. They were kind of like... Or was he? Yeah, he was at the be- the beginning of John Gibson, and I think before that he was like, who was the goalie before in Anaheim? Wasn't Ryan? Was he Hiller? Yeah, I think he might have been with Jonas Hiller too. So I think he was a good like one B there, and he's a good one A. It's kind of surprising. I mean, he's still in his twenties. Like, uh, I don't know. I-, I think he's a solid goalie. I don't know if this will make sense to you. But when I was thinking about like comparisons from generation to generation, I don't know if their statistic would statistics would stack up. Kind of reminds me of Mika Kiprasov, like one or two random like one or two random All Star games uh, mixed in there. But for the most part, he was a number one goalie that nobody questioned. Just not upper echelon, but like right below that. Yeah. So in 2014, he played with John Gibson. Ilya Brzezgalov had a couple games, which is kind of funny to see. The year before that was his rookie year. It was Gibson, Anderson, Hiller. Wow, that's pretty good by us to know that shit. Self <laughs> on the freaking back there. But yeah, I mean, he's been a pretty pretty solid goaltender. I remember when he went to the Leafs, it was one of those like, is this guy really gonna you know be that great? But his rookie year, he went 20 and 5. Then the next year, he went 35 and 12. The year after that, 22 and 9. And then since then, he's had over 30 wins or, or, or more 33, 38, 36. He has 16 on the year so far. Um, from Herning, Denmark, uh, he's 30 years old. So he's getting a little bit older 6'4, 238. He was drafted. So this is interesting. In 2010, he was drafted seventh, uh, round 7, 187 overall, Carolina Hurricanes. And then in 2012, he was drafted third round to the Ducks, 87 overall. I didn't know stuff like that could happen. Yeah, uh, I guess that's a feel-good story, dude. It's funny. The whole time I was zoning out, those are some really good stats, Ked. Just want to toss this one out there at you. Kind of irrelevant, but uh, the New York Rangers have as many points as the Toronto Maple Leafs right now with two less games played, dude. If I said that at the beginning of the year, how would you feel about that? I'd be, I'd be pretty happy with that. And, and it's weird. I, if you told me that at the beginning of the year, I'd be like, oh, this is great. But we'll get into Rangers talk in a little bit. This team just – it's a roller coaster with them, man. Um, but shout-out to Freddie Anderson. 
here's one for you. You don't have Tuka Rask. Free agency comes around. You guys pick up Freddie Anderson. Are you happy about it? Uh, it depends on the contract, probably. If it's like under, and I don't know if this is lowballing it, I would say if it's under six and a half million, I'd be happy. Okay, Dale, do you have anything on Freddie Anderson? Not right now. Thank you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> That's how you're gonna open up, dude. You, Garrison, you come on this podcast every week and you forget your job, dude. I'm looking up Taylor Hall stats right now. I'm trying to. Oh, I guess that's our transition. Okay, what's the next topic, dude? We're gonna talk about Taylor Hall. Um, not really much to talk about with him in terms of play on the ice. And the New Jersey Devils have been holding him out. Uh, the deal might be soon. It's nearing complete completion. Every it seems like every single hour, there's a different team that's in the front. Uh, the lead dogs in the race. I've heard teams like Florida, Boston, St. Louis, Arizona, and Colorado. Uh, the New York Post just came out with an article, uh, Taylor Hall trade rumors fueled by his girlfriend's goodbye party. Jesus, man. And then, uh, I mean, that's what we kind of have on Taylor Hall. A lot of, the, a lot of the teams I just mentioned are holding out their key prospects in the AHL and stuff like that. So they don't get hurt. Uh, where do you, where do you see Taylor Hall going, Hal? Uh, I mentioned, I'll mention the games again, or teams again, Florida, Boston, St. Louis, Arizona, and Colorado. Where do, where do you think Taylor Hall winds up? Yeah, so I wrote this down on my notepad. Just a couple quick thoughts. I ran through each team pretty quick, just trying to think, like, which teams would stick. Uh, these these decisions that I'm making are highly not analytic at all. Um, Florida, too much sun, dude. I don't think Taylor Hall would be a good fit in Florida at all. If you look at it, my favorite moment um, on those Winter Classic HBO documentaries was uh, Todd Bertuzzi drinking a Corona Light at the bar in Miami by himself after a big Red Wings win. Um, I just don't think Taylor Hall would fit well in Florida. Boston, I don't think there's the cap space. Like, I just don't want any part of it as a fan. I don't – I we need a second-line winger. I just – we're not going to be able to keep him. So I guess if the asking price is super low, if the, <laughs> I just talk myself into it. If the asking price is super low, then I'll put him on a second line. I'll let, like, Krejci, Bertuzzi, and Hall be our second line. I'd be cool with that. Three, St. Louis. I don't think that's a bad idea, dude. Um, I know it's kind of weird to mess with the team that just won a Stanley Cup, but you're going back to back. Like, there's always you always need something to push you over that hump, like that next level. Even if you're the defending champion, I think the way they have that team set up, set up, Baruby's a really good coach. They bang bodies. They play hockey the right way. I think if you throw in Taylor Hall, that's an environment he could succeed in. Um, Arizona, I mean. Dude, I, I don't know about anybody else. I don't know if it would necessarily work, but I want to see a team led by Phil Kessel and Taylor Hall in the year 2019. Like, the two guys that, like, are so highly skilled, they can score 50 goals, but, like, are they leaders of your team? I want to stop there before we talk about the other teams, dude. What do you think about him going to Arizona? You know, we've talked about this so many times with the Arizona team. I've just never been able to actually get convinced by them, but right now they're killing it. Uh, Dale, if you could look up the Arizona Coyotes standings, that'd be that'd be good for us. But I, I know Arizona, they're doing really well. Um, you're right, that would be kind of funny. You have these two guys that are capable of scoring 50 goals, but they don't necessarily have like the thing that you put a C on the Jersey, which is kind of crazy because normally when guys score 50 goals, it's like, okay, that guy's for sure a leader. But then you have like Phil Kessel, who's that Randy Carlisle quote when he's like, okay, Randy, that one always gets me going. Then you have Taylor Hall is just kind of like, I feel like he's just a space cadet. I'm not, I don't know. I thought it was funny how you mentioned too much sun in Florida for him. That made me laugh. And lastly, like 
if you were to be like, hey, if Taylor Hall was – like, what team defines Taylor Hall, dude? It would be the St. Louis Blues, dude. Like, I've never been, like, a huge St. Louis Blue guy, never a huge believer, but, like, they're really good. They just want a cup. Like, if he went to the Blues, I feel like he'd be a great fit. Yeah, they made O'Reilly throw it in our face last year, dude. So, Taylor Hall this year, that would make sense. We talked about Colorado, too. That's another team. Talked about this last week on the podcast, I think. Or maybe we talked about this in private, but Colorado needs to stay the course. Do not sell any prospects. You have a great team set up. Do not go for Taylor Hall. My sleeper, dude, and I know it statistically probably makes no sense. The cap money probably wouldn't make any sense either. He just looks like a golden knight. Just just seems like Pacioretty, Stasny, Taylor Hall. He just has golden knight written all over him, dude. He plays fast. Vegas. Okay. All right. I, the one of the, I thought what was interesting is one of the names thrown out by Florida in a trade would be Vincent Trocheck. I feel, I feel like Vincent Trocheck's like a, a really good player. Like I, I didn't think that the Devils were going to be able to pull off any sort of a haul for this, but I, I like the way Vincent Trocheck plays. Dale just gave us the thumbs up. Dale, what do you got for us? Yeah, I, I just uh, hard agree with the way I think the Colorado Avalanche should stay the course. I also think that Taylor Hall's girlfriend would love it in Vegas. She did this whole release thing on Instagram. The wives and girlfriends of of uh, the Devils all got on like Instagram Live or some bullshit like that. So I don't know. I just think that's that's pretty asinine. But sounds like she'd love it in Vegas. Good point, dude. If you're going Instagram Live, you know that you live for the Vegas pool parties. Uh, Coyotes, number one in the Pacific Division with 42 points, sitting uh, two points ahead of the Oilers and the Flames. He'd be a pretty good ad, but I think that's a pretty young team. I, I don't know. Um, but that's kind of the Taylor Hall. All right, gun to the head. Where is he going, both of you guys? Where's Taylor Hall go? Uh, I'm going to – gun to the head, I say Arizona. I think the best move might be for St. Louis to grab him, but I'm going to say Arizona probably makes the most sense. Dale? St. Louis. St. Louis. And I'm going to say Colorado. I think think Colorado's convinced themselves that if they add Taylor Hall that they're a Stanley Cup champion. And I agree with you, Hal. It sucked to give up a lot for him. But, boy, uh, having a top four forwards of being Ranton and Landis Gog, McKinnon, and Taylor Hall, it's pretty fucking good. I think I – dude, here's my problem with it. And this is probably something where they could totally throw pie in my face. I think Kale McCarr is like a generational talent, and he's going to be an unbelievable defenseman. I just don't know if Kale McCarr can get through the Western Conference, like basically being the number one defenseman this rookie year. It's a hard task, dude. It's a really hard task, and it's nothing really against him. Like, he just got banged up. He's never played a full NHL season. Can you imagine what, like, every – if they play against, like, the Calgary Flames in the first round, do you think Milan Lucic is going to be running Kale McCarr every chance he has? Like, it's going to be a gauntlet for him. So that'll be interesting to see how he responds. I totally get that. I think if you're an Avalanche fan, you don't get too pissed off. It's like, all right, we're going for it. I would just be hesitant. No, that I mean, that's a good point. You're going to have, especially with like teams like Calgary just coming at you. I mean, even yeah. Vegas, the Vegas fourth line of like Reeves, Carrier, and I forget who the other guy is on that line. They're heavy, and they're going to they're gonna be finishing every buy. That's a good point. Um, I guess we'll just wait to see. One last thing on the Devils. P.K. Subban just went 19 games without a point. Um. Over the last couple of years, I feel like PK really hasn't been doing all that well. Uh, what do you have on like PK Subban? Like, is he kind of washed up now? The, one of the guys on the post, Brett, I don't know how to say his last name, came out with a thing that like PK should spend less time marketing himself and more time playing hockey. Uh, 
Last year in 63 games, he had nine goals, 22 assists for 31 points. The year before that, he had 59 points. But this year, 32 games played, two goals, three assists. Uh, I mean, what do you have on P.K. Subban? He, he's 30 years old now. Um, I mean, I love the way P.K. plays, but he must be having an absolute dog shit year. I don't watch enough Devils games to, like, really know for sure, but. Yeah, I, I have a couple. My my take on this is I'm – I'm not a huge PK fan. It's basically because of when he played for the Habs. I'm a Bruins fan, but um, last year he started coming out with like that video. He had that like talk show that was like very bad that I talked about on the podcast. Like, definitely seemed like he was kind of doing like LeBron James went to uh, he went to the Lakers, right? And he just like filmed Space Jam, didn't care for a year, and now he's back on his bullshit. Like PK Subban might, I think PK Subban might kind of be on a media tour right now, and like. I wouldn't say he's washed up, though. I think if you get P.K. Subban on a trade, I think P.K. Subban's been taking a vacation in New Jersey, which is an odd place for a vacation. But nonetheless, he's been taking a vacation. If he gets traded, I think he's going to have the me-against-the-world mentality that makes P.K. Subban such a good player. And I would be pumped if my team got him on the low. Like, if, if, if they're selling low, I think, and I don't think they will, I think they'd get a good return for him still. That's something I would make. And just to make everything go full circle, and I know it would never happen, I would love to see the Montreal Canadiens, who are technically right now tied for third place in that division, ahead of Toronto, Tampa, and Florida. And people are, like, talking about firing Julian, and it's falling apart. But the Montreal Canadiens, dude, trading back for P.K. Subban. Subban and Weber playing together for the Montreal Canadiens. That's what I would like to see. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, he's making $10 million this year. Uh, no, that's the problem. That's the problem. I mean, his cap hit this year is nine mil. His cap here next year is nine mil, and then year year after that, so he's a free agent in 2022, 23. So, Dale, do you, you, you kind of look like you perked up with PK. It looks like you have I something. Got, yeah, I, I actually have a lot to say. Um, so, so you know, I'm a marketing guy. You know, I respect PK in that regard. Uh, even I will quote back two years ago. So the first time I came on this podcast, I chimed in with my opinion, saying that PK Subban is the most market or marketable player in the league. Um, guys like uh, the Steelers wide receiver, I'm blank, Smith-Schuster, they do a phenomenal job at it. However, I agree with your take. I think I quickly went to his Instagram page. His bio says nothing about hockey. It says, now in the mix on YouTube. Click the link to his bio. It's a him at a Jets tailgate. tailgate. Like, stop, stop having shitty hot dogs in the parking lot on Sunday. Hit the gym and, you know, just don't watch the Jets go lose. I, I don't know. Just, I mean, Dale, that's a good they, point, dude. Like, get back to the basics. Do what you needed to do to get to the point where you're at now. Like, maybe, I don't know. And we don't know P.K. Subban. Like, we don't know how hard he works. I know that he's a super charitable guy. I hate when we play against him because I think he's kind of a pussy. But in terms of, like, being a good, like a good human being, I think he is, like, a fucking legit dude. Like, all the money he donated to the uh, Montreal hospitals and stuff like that. But, like, but. As, as Hal would say, get back on your bullshit, man. Yeah, just stay in your lane. Like, just focus. Play hockey. Here's it's- a hypothetical. Yeah, and Dale, I thought you made a really good point, dude. I think I think sometimes, though, too, it's a lot easier. If P.K. Subban's in a locker room where there's, like, actual leaders and it's not him and Taylor Hall at the front, yeah. then I think someone says, like, figure it out, P.K. One team that I think actually might make sense will circle right back. You just said you think Colorado would be smart to get uh, Taylor Hall. I think... P.K. Subban could benefit the Colorado Avalanche on that D. If you back up that D, because now you have – if P.K.'s there, and I'm probably definitely going to miss someone and people are going to get pissed off. But off the top of my head, if P.K. Subban's there, 
You have Makar, Subban, Eric Johnson, who's a serviceable veteran at this point. I think his team really likes him. Zadaroff, who bangs bodies. Gerard, who's a little small guy. And I think I'm missing one more good defenseman. Brian, he's not a great. Dude, he just started coming into himself. He was a former New York Ranger prospect, and now he's like a top four defenseman. He's kind of a wild card. Yeah. I don't hate him. (laughs) So... So I actually, because he actually stood out to me the other night. He kind of gets in the mix a little bit. He's tall. He's lanky, correct? Like he's a taller dude. Yeah. Yeah. And the Rangers had the opportunity to let this guy play, but instead they started playing Rob O'Gara. So. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I don't know, man. Uh, that I was just tossing that out there. That was some good PK talk. That's some move. good PK talk, boys. All right. I think we're kind of buzzing right now. We're going to move right in. This is just kind of a filler and or segue. Uh, Drew Doughty was interviewed the other night, and he said that uh, fighting needs to be in the NHL. I forget who on his team fought Delorier, but he said it got the boys going. Without fighting, there'd be meatheads running around and smaller guys acting like rats. Uh, kind of nice to hear from an NHL player because you have all these guys that aren't in the NHL or probably ever played a high level of hockey that say fighting shouldn't be in it and the boys shouldn't hit and it should be a giant skills competition. So it was nice to see, like, arguably top five defensemen in the National Hockey League tell them to shove it. Uh Going into fights, there were two pretty good fights this week. Uh, Mark Borecki, I always get that wrong, Borecki, Borecki. Um, he uh, he laid a hit on Sonny Milano. Sonny Milano was going into the corner, kind of lost a step, ended up going parallel to the boards, and uh, Boro just kind of finished his hit. It was one of those, like, sh- there was nothing he could do. You couldn't really pull up. Uh, Milano ended up getting pretty, like, he, he was devastated. He got hurt. And then... Uh, Boro ended up fighting Josh Anderson. How did you get to see this fight? It was a good tilt. Yeah, really quick, just because you ran through the Dowdy thing. I just wanted to say on that, I thought um, I thought Drew Dowdy, who isn't always the most elegant speaker, actually said everything pretty well. I think like I think sometimes it just gets lost, and people think that people want fighting back in the league just because of like meathead, and it's fucking awesome to watch, which it definitely is. But at the same time, I think just hitting the point home like it's all about like policing and like at the end of the day the actual safety of players not what fucking people think is the safety of players and just like making the game played the right way and probably like a better product when there's not shitty stuff going on so i endorsed his message i thought that was really well said by him um yeah dude boro and boro's on a heater i think um we've been fans of this guy for a long time we've been back and forth i watched it I, you get unfortunate, unlucky, whatever it is, like it's kind of a dirty hit. Like at the end of the day, like my personal opinion on it, and maybe it's because Borowetsky is in my division and my team plays him all the time. Borowetsky has so many of those hits that it's hard to believe it's unfortunate and unlucky. Like I have seen him throw elbows at people's heads by accident. Like I have seen it all from this dude. Um, but at the end of the day, he answered, which is the right thing to do. He fought, he fought a great fight um, with Josh Anderson I think we've always kind of looked at him as like a shitty six defenseman who just loves to pinch and throw hits, which is what he is. But I think it's fair to say at this point he, he's a hero on the streets and he's definitely a leader in the locker room. Um, people like Kachuk. Like having a guy like Borowetsky for your young guys like Kachuk, uh, I think that just kind of – that brings out what Brady Kachuk is meat and potatoes game and even more like when you have a guy like Borowetsky in the locker room doing that. So I think he's a great fit for that team. Um, yeah, good for him. Yeah, I thought it was a good fight. Dale, I don't know if you got a chance to check out the fight, did you? No. Okay. All right. So, and we have one other fight. Uh, Hal ended up tweeting this out. I was pumped about this. Marcus Foligno ended up fighting Joel Farabee, who's a younger guy for the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, Farabee, that's not his game. He's more of a skilled guy. He fights Foligno, who's been there. He's done that. 
Farabee ended up losing the fight, but afterwards, Felino was interviewed. He said, kudos to him. That's a big character play by that guy. He's a first-rounder, a highly skilled player. It goes a long way in a dressing room when you've got a guy like that who steps up. I didn't really anticipate the fight. Uh, I don't have exact quote from here on out, but he pretty much said that, like, he kind of let up. He knew that he had got him good. His head was down, and he didn't really want to hurt him. So I thought it was good on both accounts, right? Like, you have Felino, who's a savage that probably could have ripped Farabee's head off. And it was kind of like, you know what, kid? Like, I, I respect this. I'm not going to absolutely pump the shit out of you. And then you have Farabee, who's battling for ice. He's, he's got the boys going. Like, it's not it's not part of his skill set to be dropping the gloves with a guy like Felino. So I was pretty happy with both of these things. How would you have? Yeah, the one thing I would say on this, so I think it was like three podcasts ago, we brought up Marcus Felino out of the blue. And we were kind of talking about his career and like his arc and like, how he was like a great AHL player in Rochester. Um, turns out he's still cool. So that's kind of good for like the Felino brand. Like we kind of thought he went to like Minnesota and like might've fallen off, but that was a good fight. I mean, he was feeding him. I know it's a rookie. I think you said everything on the rookie, like good for him for fighting. Um, yeah. My takeaways, Marcus Felino still has it. Like if you're my, my thing is like Marcus Felino's playing for the wild right now. They might not, they might not make the playoffs. Like, do you remember like four, must have been like five years ago the Rangers went out and got like James Shepard at the deadline play fourth line center uh, if your team's looking for a fourth line guy this year for the playoffs are you happy if Marcus Lima's the guy that comes back because I think I would be hell yeah that adds like we've talked about like these teams that go to the playoffs like it's a heavier game in the playoffs and if you can put Marcus Felino on a wing on like your third or fourth line just have him go out there and bang bodies man like that's huge yeah so I don't know um Dale, what do you have on this? Sorry, I'm skipping ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, moving on. Dale's lost. That's that's a dash one right there. Uh, Anthony Duclair scored a hat-trick against Columbus. I just kind of put this on here because he used to be a Blue Jacket, and uh, Tortorella was interviewed about Duclair when he was on the team, and he said he doesn't know what he's doing. He doesn't know his role. He doesn't know if he doesn't get it or if he just doesn't understand what the fuck's going on. Uh, Duclair ended up scoring a hat-trick. He has 18 goals. Uh, right now, Kide's kind of tearing it up. Um, what do you have on Duclair before we kind of get into another thing about Torts? Because Torts had a really, <laughs> really funny uh, interview the other day. Ah, uh, dude, I don't know. I guess, I guess I would really ask you what you have on Duclair. Anthony Duclair is weird to me. I just my whole memory of Anthony Duclair is like his last year. He like lit it up in the queue, and then he didn't he do really well at World Juniors, and then he was the next big Rangers thing, like. He was the next big Rangers thing, and then he bounced around, dude. Like, my question to you is, like, when you saw him on the New York Rangers, did you think Anthony Duclair had this in him? Um, I thought that there was an opportunity for it. He's like a pretty, it's a pretty electric player, man. Like, he, uh, he's not gonna really grease it up in the corners and shit, but he can skate and he has a sick shot. I don't know if this will make any sense, but if you were to describe a player by like an NHL team, like he'd be the most perfect Montreal Canadian. Does that make any sense to you? Just like very fast, flies down the wing and just has a sick shot, and then you have the cool goal horn behind him. Like that would be that's who Anthony Duclair is. Uh, 18 goals, I didn't see that coming though, especially on a team like Ottawa where he doesn't really have a lot of guys getting him the puck. Yeah, no, I think that's fair, dude. I think, yeah, I just remember there's a little bit of mania behind him. Like he was kind of a hype prospect yeah. at one point. Um, Called him the Duke, dude, and then he got traded in the Andal trade, I'm pretty sure. That makes sense. Yeah, because he went to Arizona. Yeah. Uh, 
The only other thing I was going to say on this before you talk about torts, I just want to throw it out there. One of our favorite players on the podcast, J, uh, JG Pajot, 33 games, 16 goals, 24 points. He's a plus 20. He is a plus 20 on the Ottawa Senators. The next best, I think, is plus 7. I know plus minus is kind of an archaic stat to some of you assholes out there. But at the end of the day, if you see a guy who has over plus 10 on the next guy on a pretty mediocre team, that means he is a great player to have. I said it last year when he was struggling. I think last year, dude, he came back from, like, shoulder surgery. I just pulled it up. 39 games, 12 points. I think people thought he was, like, struggling coming back from that shoulder surgery. Comes back this year. He kills penalties. He's proven in the playoffs his rookie year, I think it was. He... It's great on the face-off dot. I, I don't know. If I am the Ottawa Senators, I have to realize I think this guy could get a King's Ransom at the trade deadline. No, for sure. And you you brought up plus-minus. I'm glad that you did that. I think, like, if you have a guy who's, like, plus-five, minus-three on the year, then I think that stat doesn't really matter. But if you have a guy that's plus-20, like, he's yeah. been on the ice 20 more times than he's been on the ice that he's gotten scored on. Like, that's – dude, that's a lot. And I know some of those could be, like, really, like, shift changes at the end and shit like that. But, like, if you're producing that – consistently on a team that is decently mediocre at best. Like, I mean, that's, I, to me, that's impressive. I, I hate when people fucking complain about plus minus. Like I get it sometimes, but when a guy's plus 20 on a dog shit team, there's something's going right there. Yeah. hundred percent. Dale, do you have anything on this or I know you skipped ahead. I don't know if this is what you skipped ahead to, or are we not there yet? No, I just think he would also be great in the Canadians. He's got a great name for it. Duclair. All right. Uh, and then just really quick on uh, Torts. The other night, the Blue Jackets were limited to 17 shots. Uh, Tortorella was asked about the output. The reporter said, disappointed by the total am- amount of shots on goal. And Tortorella goes, just thrilled with it. Just thrilled with it. That's a great question, too. I love when Torts goes back at the reporters like, dude, you are an absolute dumbass. Like, you don't think that I'm not happy about this? Yeah, no, I mean... I love it, dude. They're under 500. It is not the same team as last year. They lost their star players, and Torts is grumpy. And but. here's the thing. like, Dude, instead of asking him if he's disappointed about the amount of shots on goal, then why, do, why doesn't the guy go, hey, listen, Torts, like, you guys only had 17 shots tonight. What are some things that you can do differently to get more pucks on net? Like, that would be a way better question than being like, oh, hey, are you upset that you guys only shot the puck 17 times? Yeah. I mean, do you ever throw out questions like that to the ECHL coach that you talk to? Dude, like regularly. Like whenever I go to ask him a question, I try to not ask him questions like that reporter asked a question. Because I know I know for a fact if a guy knows anything about hockey, he's going to look at that person and be like, you're a fucking idiot. Fair. Right? Fair. Like So like, I, dude, I ask him like some weird shit. And then afterwards, I remember being like, hey, dude, like I didn't really have much. So sorry for like asking about momentum. He's like, dude, you have no idea how much better you are than the, the people we had before. So that made me feel better. So just watch out. Maybe Ked's going to be a reporter someday. Uh and then we have two more things. First first one's a referee thing. Referee Tim Peel fractured his fibula Thursday in Glendale. Successful surgery and now home for the holidays and probably the rest of the season. Tim Peel, dude. This is the guy that Sean Avery used to ask him if he ate too many hot dogs in the offseason. Uh, yeah, he got hurt earlier in the year in a game against the Rangers. He got a puck to like the side of the head, left for five minutes, came back. He's like that old, wily like, veteran referee. Uh, what do you have on, on Peeler, dude? Tim Peel uh honestly dude not a lot you kind of came out of left field on this uh on this topic for me i mean over a thousand games over 1300 games that's all i see it's from new brunswick dude i don't know uh i guess i would say happy like merry christmas tim peel like happy hanukkah dude 
Well, here's uh, the thing. Here's the thing, Hal. Because I feel like growing up, like when I would be like, "Hey, name a referee," you'd be like, "Carrie Fraser or uh, not McCreary." What the fuck was that one guy's name? I just feel like nowadays, like if I was like, "Hey, name a referee right now in the NHL," like Tim Peel would be my answer. I don't know if I know any other ones. What, dude? Who do you know, Dale? Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I'm blanking on his name, but it's the guy that makes the dramatic goal calls. Uh, I don't know his name. Yeah, you know. I don't, know. I don't know his name, but I know Tim Peel's name. I know who you're talking about. Who's the guy that makes a dramatic goal? Look it up, Dale. Like you have your computer right there, dude. What, the only. What do you think I'm doing? The only ref that I know is Carrie Fraser, and that's probably the only ref I'll ever know. My question to you, though, is like, what do you think the NHL refs? What do you think their like insurance or like injury protocols like? Like at the end of the day, dude, like. NHL player goes down, they're still getting paid, they're on the IR, and they're rehabbing. Is that the same for an NHL yeah. ref? Or are I, they getting paid yeah. like $500 a month and then having to go work at Shop and Save or something? No, dude. Referees in the NHL make a ton of money. They're they're bringing home probably over two hundred grand a year, I would think. You don't, I don't know what their insurance is like, dude. I, dude, it's got to be good. You're, you're, you're on the ice with fucking absolute savages with pucks rimming around your head. Like It has to be high. Dale, did you get the name of the guy? Les McCauley. Macaulay, dude. Oh yeah, there we go. Um, yeah. So, uh, get so BizDev just got his refing certification. I took the course. I haven't completed the online classes, so I haven't officially stepped out onto the ice yet. However, from my early career in refing, I know that Peel was in what's called the Golden Triangle, which is the area in the corner. And I, I, I just watched the video. It was a pretty tough, pretty unfortunate play that happened, and. Uh, really nowhere else he could have gone so i just uh sending out good vibes for him and hope he gets better soon so how i see your face and i think in your brain you're you're thinking garrison or dale you're a fucking idiot for mentioning a golden triangle but the thing is dude is i'm gonna be honest with you i used to ref they used to stroke off to the golden triangle dude. They, <laughs> they, they love the golden triangle so dale if, if we have any referees listening right now they just went six to midnight after hearing that reference where else can he go in that exact situation? There's nowhere else. Here's, dude, so here's the thing, dude. I went to refing school when I was like 12 years old, okay? So, one, it's been a while. Two, I didn't listen to anything. But three, that was a really good point. I just wanted to ask, do they still do the same drill? The only thing I remember about refing school, because I thought it was the most degrading thing in the world, is when they'd like – you, they make you sprint to like the penalty boxes and then like call the penalty out and then do the signal. Yep, that's oh, literally wow. what you do. That's, that's the same the- thing. And it, dude, it's kind of like it, it's weird. It, so when you ref in refing school, you go you go on the ice and they literally just see if you can skate. Like you don't call anything. Like you skate over and you're like, oh, tripping, and like you do like Russian circle backwards, like whatever, and then your first game you're like what the fuck is going on right now i've never done this before like there's so much shit it's a lot it's insane like you would think like maybe they would have a better like uh okay you haven't done this before this is how we're gonna get you prepared to do this but no they just throw you in the ringer yeah dude i i mean i don't really remember much dude i just remember this guy being like i remember doing the fake call and he was like i can't hear you and i was like what dude like what was like, what are we doing here? Like, this isn't going to teach me anything. You're right. They they fail you. You wonder why these refs are so bad. USA Hockey School refing just isn't where it should be. And I, I hope I don't get Dale fired for these controversial comments. But, no, uh, I don't think you get Dale fired. But just be chill with the USA Hockey stuff because there's a lot of leads in the magazine, right, Dale? 
it's a great magazine, but um, oh. yeah, they, yeah. So Dale, what what level are they starting you out at? Like, what what skill level games are you gonna be roughing? Like peewee? No, probably not even. Probably what's yeah. below peewee? I think it's squirts and peewees. Yeah, twelve to fourteen type stuff. Yeah. But I will say they changed the. I think they like. I don't know the game itself, and I hope I also hope they're not listening, but is getting a little bit softer. Like they show us videos of people completing their checks and they're like calling it penalties. So I don't know. I was a little bit confused when watching their tutorial videos and I was like, that's just a hit. Like, yeah. come on. <laughs> uh, in, my, in my tenure of being a referee, the half of a year that I did serve as a, as a referee, I did the line a, a club uh, hockey game so that I've, I have, I can hang my hat on that dude. I was a linesman dude. I had, to, I had to break up scuffles between uh, – I forget who it was. But I just remember being like, guys, can you just knock this shit out, man? I have work tomorrow. And they're like, all right, sorry, dude. <laughs> Establishing that rapport, dude. All right. Uh, and then lastly, really, really sad, Philadelphia Flyers forward Oscar Lindblom. Uh, he's been diagnosed with Ewing sarcoma. It's a rare type of bone cancer. So they're thinking he's probably going to be out for the rest of the year. Uh, just absolute – dude, fuck cancer, man. Like everybody says it and – it blows. Like, my family's been affected by cancer. I'm sure both of your families have been affected by it. Like, you don't know anybody out there that whose family has never been affected by it. And it's fucking bullshit. I mean, Oscar Lindblom, he's playing in the NHL. He's living the fucking dream. And for something like this to happen to him, it's just fucked up. So, T's and P's to him. Do you guys have anything on that? It just fucking sucks. No, dude, you're right. I don't know. There's not much more to add. It does suck. Wishing the best for him. He's 23 years old. That's insane to be like... And I think that's what's the scariest thing about the disease, too, is it's like a 23-year-old, like, in peak physical condition for, like, a human being. Like, I don't know. It just sucks. Nothing but the best. He's got great hair, too. He has, like, Oscar uh, Lindblom has, like, that, what's the word I'm looking for? That, like, European blonde slicked back hair. Do you know what I mean? That's a look, dude, and he rocks it hard. That's a, Dude, that's the thing about Europeans. I'm glad you mentioned that. Like, either they are absolute rockets or they are just the ugliest motherfuckers you've ever seen in your life. There's really no, like, middle ground between it. Am I wrong or right there? Like, either you're, like, a 10 or a 2. No, unless, well, yeah, you're probably right, dude. It is kind of, it is skewed more, I would say. But, like, if there's anything those countries can hang their hats on compared to our country, it's definitely, like, the top, the top echelon's definitely better than our top echelon. I agree with that. Dale, do you have anything? No, there's a lot of, yeah. No, thoughts and prayers. Okay. All right, moving on. We got some Rangers talk. This week, uh, they lost the LA Kings. I stayed up until about, like, 1 o'clock in the morning watching this. They lost 2-1. Of course, I think they lost 2-1. That might be incorrect. I forget. I was tired. But Dustin Brown scored. Ithaca, New York, uh, played on the high school teams in eighth grader. Did they win states that year? I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah, he beat Saratoga, dude. Yep, they beat our hometown team, and uh, so that sucked. They went on, they played the Sharks, they won 6-3, to three. Panarin had a hat-trick, Mika scored. Then they went, they lost to the Ducks yesterday, Feverboy Rex was there, you're supposed to hop on the pod today, where where the hell is he at? No idea. Um, Ooh, really quick, I did want to bring it up, what do you think about the Rangers fans sitting at a bar before the game wearing a uh, VC jersey? I, I hate that human, like... Out of all the jerseys that you could have bought, you bought a Jimmy VC jersey. Like, was Jimmy VC ever that sick? The only ex like acceptable answer was when you got the VC jersey before he was even a New York Ranger. When there was all that like, oh, Jimmy VC's coming to the Rangers. That would have been the only acceptable time. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's fair, dude. Were you one of those people, dude? Did you tweet it? Did you tweet at Jimmy VC to come to the Rangers? Be honest. Uh, I, I think I did a lot of retweeting of like Susan Sarandon and shit. Yeah. Oh, dude. The other thing too to make that even worse. Not that he's really even a player on the team, and he. I think he got called back down the minors. But you have a twenty-six now, Tim Gettinger, dude. Just write Gettinger over it. That is true, dude. Tim Gettinger's fucking sweet too. Huge body, chips in, net front presence. Uh, I just kind of want to get into our top two players: our Temi Panarin. Uh, 19 goals, 23 assists for 42 points, and then Mika Zibanejad, 11 goals, 10 assists, 21 points in 20 uh, in 19 games. Both these guys are over a point per game. They are our best players. When they go, we go. People, other people on the team need to start picking it the fuck up. Capo Caco has been invisible over the last like three weeks. Um, we they need to find more, and it's been it's been kind of a rough rough uh, last week for the Rangers on their West Coast trip. They uh, finish it off with Nashville tomorrow, so we'll see how that goes. I think one of the most interesting things about the Rangers' situation right now, they have a bit of a goaltender situation. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's not looking great for them. Uh, Al- well, it's not looking great for Hank. Alex Georgiev is 9-5-1 with a 9-23 save percentage. Hank is 7-7-3 with a 9-12 save percentage. Right now, it would be fine if those were our only two goalies, but we have a goalie in the HL, Igor Shesterkin, who has a 1.81 goals against. He's 11-3-3 with a 9-3-6 save percentage. And this is he's a Russian goalie, dude, so you're not really sure if he's going to stay around if you don't give him his chance. So I honestly have no idea what the Rangers are going to do with these three goalies. A lot of people are talking about trading Georgiev at the deadline, but like he's been stellar. Like He has been easily our best goalie out of him and Hank. Uh, but then it's like then Henrik Lundqvist needs to leave. And I, one, I don't think Hank is going to leave. And two, like, I don't really know if I want him to, he's been on the Rangers since fucking forever. So, I mean, do you have anything on this goalie situation? I'm not sure if like you're familiar with it or not. Uh, not really, dude. I guess here would be my one question. The Shashirskin guy. That's such a tough name, dude. As I said, too many. Shashirskin. Shashirskin. Not going to say that dude. too many Russians on the Rangers. I've said it too many times, but uh where do you rank this ahl goalie like do people see him like higher ceiling than georgiev like when they were both coming in the league who was more well regarded shesterkin was for sure and uh, shesterkin's probably if he's not the best goalie in the ahl right now he's top three and this is the first time he's come over played on north american ice but the thing is is like i think before the season started it was like okay we're gonna have shesterkin and that's what it's gonna be but Georgiev has played out of his fucking mind this year. Like, he really has. It isn't just because the Rangers play better with him and that. Like, when I turn on a Rangers game and Georgiev's in night, I'm like, okay, we're probably going to – we have a good chance of winning tonight. When Hank's in that, I'm like, well, anything can happen. And that kind of sucks. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you would have to move one of them, I guess, technically. Uh, if this kid's – depends on what this young Russian kid wants to do. I mean, honestly, and this sounds terrible to say, maybe the best thing possible would happen is one of the two goalies gets, like, slightly injured – and then basically you call this kid up and you see if he can hang, if he can. I know that sucks to say, Dale. Don't give me that look, dude. I would never wish injury on anyone, dude, all right? All I'm saying is if this goalie gets his chance and he runs with it in like three, four games, then like then I think you actually think about it. Somehow you got to get this goalie in the mix, see if he's actually ready this year. Uh, and if he is, then you I think you have to look at Georgiev probably first because I think, I think you get a pretty big return. I don't know what the market is for Lundqvist out there. Um, but I think Georgiev's market might be higher than it will ever be again. No, that's a good point there. Um, it's just weird. It's just a time will tell kind of situation. Two other things with the Rangers. Vitaly Kratsov put up a picture of him being a Ranger on Instagram again. So 
don't worry, guys. They broke up for a little bit. Now they're back together and everything's peachy. And then lastly, Adam Fox playing his 30th game, meaning the Carolina Hurricanes get the New York Rangers second round pick this year. So that is uh, the current Rangers talk. So how many, uh, how do you think Kratzoff does in the AHL? I have no idea because he didn't do too good the first time he was there. Hopefully he plays better. Elias Anderson's down there now, so hopefully they could figure the, their shit out together. I don't know. But the the Wolfpack are one of the better teams in the AHL right now, so that's good. At least they're not a total dumpster fire. Yeah, and that second pick, dude, that's whatever, dude. It was worth it, so yeah, it's fine. Quick hypothetical here. Ked, if, if the Rangers do trade Hank, where would you like to see him go and – how would you feel if he actually won a Stanley Cup? Kind of like a Ray Bork Bruin situation. Are you bittersweet? Are you furious? What are you happy for him? I'm just curious on your thoughts on that hypothetical. Uh, so. If Henrik Lundqvist were to be traded, I would want him to go to whatever team would give him give us the most for him. And if Henrik, Lund- I'd be pumped if I got to see Hank win a cup. I, I wouldn't be like, oh, this fucking sucks or whatever. I'd be jacked up to see. So that those are kind of my answers there. That's good, dude. Thank you. Hal, Bruins time. Not much, dude. They went on a huge slide, dude, because you fucking jinxed them. I've already talked about that a couple of times. It's over, dude. You tried really hard, but you jinxed them. It's done. They beat the Florida Panthers. My takeaways from it, pretty simple. Uh, it took like till game 30, whatever of the season for the Bruins to finally take Nick Ritchie and Carl Lindholm out of the lineup in the same night. And we won a hockey game. I'm over both of those experiments. Neither of them bring anything better than any of the guys that we have returning this year. Um, so I'm happy that they're out of the lineup. David Backus, he's the last like three games he's played. It hasn't been perfect, but he's put up points and they've won every game he's been in. Don't take him out until it's not working again. I like him on the fourth line. It hasn't been bad. Um, but, I mean, we're still missing that top-line player. A few little small notes I'll throw out there. Jack Stunika, who was our second-round pick a couple years ago, now leads the AHL um, in shorthanded goals with five. A lot of teams in the AHL don't even have five shorthanded goals at this point this season. He has them on his own. I like the way he's kind of looking. I hope maybe he gets another look this year, although I see him staying next year. So that will be good. Um, and then I just wanted to throw this out here to you guys. I'm really happy the Bruins got off to this hot start because their division is a murderer's row. I don't know. I just think there's so many good teams in here or teams that are either playing above their level of expectations or a little bit below. They're sitting at 48 points. Right behind them, there's five teams that are all, like, right there. Buffalo, Montreal, Toronto, Tampa, Florida. Um, If you were me, who who would you be most scared of out of those teams? Um... I think the Sabres are going to end up they, – they're not going to be there. Canadians, it could be – I mean, it, dude, it's the Leafs and the Lightning. I'd be kind of afraid about the Lightning. I didn't know that they weren't doing that hot this year. They're going to end up coming on and fucking crushing it probably. They always do. Yeah, that's fair. Dale, what about you? Do you think the Lightning, dude? I, I'd say Toronto, but I don't know much. No, that's fair. I mean, Toronto's – it's weird, though. If you look at the division, like – Tampa's four, five, and one in their last ten. Toronto's six and four. Montreal's four, five, and one. Uh, Florida's three, seven, and zero. Oh. But and Buffalo's the team that's been playing the best. They're ten, three, and three at home. My question to you, Ked, I know you think they're going to fall off, and I do agree with that. I don't think they're going to stay number two in that division. Would you be shocked if they grab like the second wild card? Do you not see that either? What team grabs the second wild card? Buffalo. Do you not see them being the last team in? No, I mean Jack Eichel can only do so much for so long. Like. 
Who else do they have, man? They have that Olsen rookie who's scoring some goals, but other than Jack Eichel, like Sam Reinhardt, dude, like Casey Middlestat. No, they have Darlene. The who the Carter? You're telling me Carter Hutton's gonna fucking lead this team to a playoff berth? You're out of your goddamn mind. Yeah, Dale. What do you, What do you think? What do you have on Buffalo, dude? What's your favorite wing spot in Buffalo, Dale? Ah, uh, Sorrentino's. Yeah, Sorrentino's great family Italian spot. You know what I like about Sorrentino's, and I think Ted will be able to picture this right away. It's like a Western New York like Italian bar that has really good wings, but it has like those dim lights. It's like yellow in there. Do you know what I'm talking? It looks like people still smoke cigarettes like somewhere. Wait, so you just said the best chicken wing is at Sorrentino's? They're not bad. I don't know if I agree with that, but it's not it's not a bad spot. But it's probably the best experience. Okay, because I. I mean, isn't it isn't it always like Duff's and Anchor Bar? Anchor Bar's. No, yeah, Anchor Bar is the original, dude. Not the best. Just to throw out a number, and then we can move on really quick. Thunder Bay's Golden Boy Carter Hutton, 901 save percentage. Um, that's a tough look, dude. It looks like the morning skate was right all along. Sorrentino's Garrison, that's a good pick, dude. I, I don't hate it. Thank you. All right, now we're going to get into a little bit of Beer League Roundup. Mine's going to be quick, dude. I ripped a shit out of my groin. Uh, first shift on a power play, went to like make a turn and just felt it fucking pop. And I'm like, oh my god! Naturally played through the whole game because I'm a hockey player and that's what we do. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I'm probably gonna be out for quite a little bit of time. I'm looking into getting these X-Core Under Armour shorts. Uh, my buddy who played at Utica had a really bad groin tear uh, a couple years ago, and he said that these are legit. It kind of it keeps it everything together. I guess when you grab them, like the first couple times you skate, you kind of got to get used to them. Uh, but I have a I have a Lake Placid tournament coming up in January. That's January 10th to the 12th. I'm hoping I'm going to be ready to go by then. So uh, <laughs> that's my big roundup. Her, a couple, a couple of things on that, dude. Number one, I have never heard you get injured a lot in beer league hockey, dude. And it's all it's not like I'm not saying like it's like contact plays. It's like non-contact situations, like. What's going on there, dude? Like, probably more than anyone I know. A lot of pulls. I'm old, dude. Is it, like, is it, when are you pulling this? Like, do you think it's acceleration? Like, like, stopping, uh, dude? Getting over the boards? What's wrong? No, I just, I don't know. I don't know why you're fucking coming at me right now, dude. I'm sorry. Sounds, sounds like a pliability issue. You should read Tom Brady's book. Yeah, it's good point by Dale, dude. I also want to... Sounds, like, sounds I, like Tom Brady should read Tom Brady's book right now, dude. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, it sure sounds like it when he's about to tie uh, Payne Manning for number one passing touchdowns, dude. Sure, it sure sounds like when Hal texted me earlier today that said the Patriots dynasty's over, dude. <laughs> Come on, dude. Don't say that out loud, dude. You can't say... I have my doubts. We're not going to talk about I, I was this being a non-believer. This is a hockey podcast. Dale Dale keeps believing, dude. But at the end of the day, Dale, I'm going to tell you this, dude. It is there is not that same magic there. I do not feel that magic right now. That's my only point. This group is not going to get it done, dude. There is no identity to that offense, dude. That's my point. What I want to say about the actual topic is people are like, who gives a fuck about the Patriots probably right now? X-Core shorts, dude. I have no idea what those are. It sounds pretty cool. I will say, though, if I'm not – if there's, like, anything – I can't have anything on, dude. It just needs to be balls on cup. Do you know what I mean? Like, it can't – like <laughs> – like, that's, that's the only way I can skate. That's the only way I know how. And um, I think it would be pretty funny, though, if you show up to a tournament and you're like, oh, I don't know, boys, like, I'm pretty injured, but but I bought these X-Core shorts, dude, and I'm, like, ready to go. Like, that'd be a very Ked move to be, like, wearing the special sure, shorts to get literally through. Literally what I'm doing. Is Valeni, is Valeni on that team? Yeah. Yeah, so that's why, dude. Hope 
That's funny. Yeah, you should wear them. Though. Regardless, you should get them for that tournament so everyone knows you came prepared. Oh yeah, I got two games Monday, Tuesday this week. I can't. I can't even think about skating. I have trouble walking upstairs right now. This is going to be a great marketing piece for Xcore after we uh, after this works out. We'll get a deal. How? What about your beer league, dude? I have nothing, dude. I just wanted to say we're six and two, dude. Uh, six and two is not a bad spot to go. We got a couple months to go. Anything could happen. We could fall apart. Um, I'm just noticing, and this is just another general beer league trend. It's the middle of the season. I've been guilty of it too. Numbers are starting to dwindle. A lot of seven, eight player skates. Wanted to know, Ked, is, are you on a dedicated team, or are you starting to see that drop off as well? My team's too dedicated, dude. Like we have way too many guys showing up to these fucking games. And Every night? yeah, pretty much, man. Oh. It, the last couple haven't been bad, but. We do. If everybody comes, we almost have four lines, and it's like, can we not do that? Yeah, I'm just, I don't know. There's, it's starting to take a toll on me every other shift. It's starting to take a toll on me, dude. Can you guys sub? We do sub, but we we don't. Our 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 captain likes to believe in the team, dude. So we never have ringers, which is tough. That blows. I was gonna say maybe one time later on in the year, Dale and I could take a ride up to Maine, oh. we take a Monday or Tuesday off, and and fucking do that I bet you if i asked you would be down for that dude we should figure that out that'd be a lot of fun so fun that'd be a huge game um dale dude Ked said at the beginning of the podcast you're joining are you joining the league a team what's going on good question yeah so so i got the call up last week had my first game um just thought i was subbing in but we won and before i could even get off the ice they're asking me if i wanted to become a regular so wow dude how did that feel it felt it felt great. I mean, I had multiple people ask me. Um, I was gonna save the story for my hero of the week, but I guess I'll just say it now. Oh, my hero. Of the week. Wait, a, wait, Dale. What what team name is it? I don't know. We're, we have red jerseys. Eagles, but like an eagle, yeah. Oh, so, Eagles so, club, dude. So I, so, so I think we're the worst or the second worst team in the league, which I originally thought was bad, but I I guess it's kind of sick because it like. Leaves a big opportunity for me, maybe. I, I don't know. I, I, I see it right now. Garrison Grant, one game played. He got an assist. First assist of the game. 3-2 game, dude. I know. That's big, dude. I mean, yeah, good luck to you. I know I cut you off. Do you still have your hero of the week? Yeah, should I go now or you want me to no. save it? Yeah, let's save it. Save your hero. Okay, now we're going to go into Patty B's hotline. Uh, Patty B. Hey, this is the Patty V Hotline, brought to you by the Morning Skate. All right, thanks, Pat. Here you go. One voicemail from Pat himself. Let's wheel. Hey, Morning Skate, Patty V. Right, so I was refereeing a beer league game the other night, and um, all this nice for
after I make like one call. It's just like, hey, you know, you break the rules. You said two minutes. If you go like even further, you're gonna obviously get more time. But um, I just want to hear from you guys. Why does a player really have to go like bananas at his refs over all pages just two minutes and boom, that's it. All right, later, guys. Bye. All right, sounds like somebody went ape shit on Pat this week. Uh, as Pat's a local referee. Um, couple things. I think the first thing, Pat, is if it's a close game and you make a controversial call, people are going to get upset. That's just that's how it goes. Secondly, maybe it's how you're calling these these penalties because I I've played in a game with Pat before where Pat's called a penalty and he's not he's not sure about it. Pat, I think if you go to call the penalty, skate up to the guy, you're like, hey, two minutes interference, buddy. Like you 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 got in the way of him getting to the puck. Like that's interference, man. Sorry about it, but that's two minutes. Get in the box. And if he fires the puck down the ice instead of giving him another two, kick him out of the game. That's one less headache for you. What do you have on that, Al? Yeah, I think Pat I think Pat said it best, dude. Serve your two minutes and then get back out there. No need for that. Let's clean it up. I mean, Dale, you're a new ref, dude. I don't know if this has happened yet. Some tw- you're out there refing a score B game, dude. Tom Tommy Tommy Jr. goes into the corner hard, trips a guy from behind. You raise your hand, and he starts screaming at you, dude. What are you, what are you saying to him? I'm just tossing him. Dale, you're just going to toss guys, dude? You're going to toss a 12-year-old for talking back to you? You're not going to even give him a chance? No warnings? Just straight toss? If he swears at me, that's the new rule, apparently. Oh, Wow. God. Don't quote don't quote me on that. I'm still studying the uh, rule book, so <laughs> <laughs> all right. I I like how that's so funny. Dale's gonna like make that call on some kid. He's gonna be like, he swore, You're like, check the rule book. They're like, you check the rule book. He's like, Well, I haven't read it yet, but all right. <laughs> <laughs> I I think long story short, Pat, just be confident about the calls that you're making and don't let people get under your skin because people are gonna be dickheads. Just that's just what life is. Um, but all right, now we're going to move on to our Dominic Morris Heroes and Zeros brought to you by Laga Sports. Hey fans, this is Dominic Moore. I'm just going to take you guys through a little bit of the behind the scenes stuff here. All right, it is hero and zero time. The boys have our heroes, the boys have our zeros. Dale, what's your hero this week, bud? I get one or three. You get one. What do you mean? You get a hero and a zero. I, I was mixing it up. All right. Um, my hero of the week goes out to the captain of my beer league team. I showed up before my friend who invited me, and I was like, hey, like, didn't know anyone in the locker room. But I, I go to the captain, I was like, hey, you know, 10 bucks, 15, whip out my money. And he's, he's like, well, it's 20 if we lose, but if we win, we'll figure it out. You're probably good. Um, and we won. So I just thought that was pretty cool. And I didn't end up paying for my, for subbing in, so that was my hero. Let me just uh, so we're in the we're in the same league. Uh, the league doesn't charge for subs. Whatever, dude. He's still a hero. That's still a cool line to like. It got me going. I'd see. I was I was unbeknownst to that though. That's true. I mean, that's a good motivating tool. I'll still give him the hero of the week just because he motivated Garrison with a fake tactic. Yeah, yeah, but like, here's the thing: like, Garrison didn't know, so if they lost, like, he was gonna charge Garrison twenty dollars. So wouldn't that be more of a zero of the week? No, he said it in a joke. He said it in a joking manner. I knew he wasn't actually going to, but still made me want to win more. And I got the went out there, got the first assist of the game. 
Am I right? Back, back <laughs> right I'm, with I'm with you. Hero of the week. That's a captain move, dude. He's a motivator. All right. Who want? Can you want to go next, dude? Or do you want me to go? Yeah. So my hero of the week goes to number 44 on the Allen Americans. I forget what his name is, but he either got a puck or an elbow, something up to the face. He's bleeding everywhere. He gets off the ice. And, like, two minutes later, he's in, like, the runway room. I look over to him and I go, yo, did you uh, did you lose any? And he looks at me, smiles, just leaking blood out of his face, and he goes, I fucking love this shit. So my hero of the week goes to 44 on the Allen Americans. That is Brett Pollock from Regina, Saskatoon, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually a second-round pick, 23 years old. Uh, put up 78 points in the WHL for the Edmonton Oil Kings. Had a couple years in the AHL, dude. Didn't put up huge numbers. Looks like he's fighting for his way to get back there. I guess Brett Pollock, you were rooting for him, right? I think so, man. And, hey, do you still have his hockey DB up in front of you? Yeah. Did he play for the Thunder? Uh, Yeah, he played for the Thunder in 2016-17, 31 points in 61 games. Homecoming. I love it. It's a feel-good story for everyone, dude. That's a good hero. I got two heroes, dude. Uh, My first, I'm going to say Anton Hadobin of the Stars. I don't know if you saw it. I think it kind of went viral. His helmet came off, and he still went and made a save. It was kind of a muffin, but he still went for it. I just wanted to say, in the world of, like, backup goalies where everyone tries to act like a funny, like, backup goalie, and, like, you have your crusade against Keith Kincaid and his emoji tweets or whatever, I think Anton Hadobin, a.k.a. Doby, is, like, the most pure backup goalie in the league. Like, he is—he doesn't try to be a weird hockey goalie. He's just a weird hockey goalie. He, like, legitimately went after to save that puck, too. Yeah. Like, he, he, like, he could have fucking skated to the corner or, like, tried to get out of the way of it. And it, 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 I don't know if it was a muffin or not. I just remember it being kind of high and him getting it with the blocker. Yeah. Like, what a psychopath. What a beauty. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, that's a crazy-ass move. Um, my other hero of the week, D- Dale's on. I wanted to honor him again. So, it's Dale's a big compo- or fan of seltzers. Um, he loves drinking seltzers. It's kind of more of a lifestyle for him than just a beverage, I would say. Um, I just, I just wanted to throw this out there. I don't know what you guys will think. I found a seltzer that I've had the issue lately. I've had to buy the smaller seltzers cause I can't finish the full cans. Like I, I, my stomach's always a little bit too full. I don't know if I'm just not, I was like off them or whatever, but I fell in love with this flavor. It's I'm saying it's a Christmas flavor. It's not really marketed like that, but it's kind of an OG. Um, I'm drinking currently polar cranberry lime. Uh, it's a great drink i think it, i don't know if it's like the top seltzer flavor but i would say like in the pillars of classic seltzers it's right up there for me thoughts yeah, yeah. that's all right, i'm jumping right in i think that and black cherry are like the og seltzer flavor yeah and just straight lemon or lemon lime and you want to know what, how, what you you said like you've been buying smaller seltzers because you can't finish them i've never really thought about it i've I, we have a Snapchat group called Seltzer Gang. It hasn't really been used quite a bit, but, like, we've all drank a ton of seltzers in our life. Looking back at it, dude, there have been tons of, like, seltzer cans that I just didn't finish. And maybe maybe I should start buying smaller seltzers. And there's it's, nothing worse than a warm, flat seltzer. Nothing, <laughs> nothing, dude. Especially, like, you get in your car and you're like, oh, God, I need a drink. And you see a seltzer there and it's just flat and it's warm and fuck. That's like when like there's like a, a high school party at someone's house and it's the next morning you're picking up beer cans and every Bud Light has like two inches of warm beer at the bottom. Yeah. It's always what it's like with seltzers. You just never get that last push. So I, I've been crushing these, dude. I've been crushing them. Yeah, boy. Keep crushing. Dale, do you have a uh, zero of the week? 
was just a guy, uh, kid who thought he was all that from beer league. Um, he just chirped me about a hand pass in my like D zone. I, I don't know. Kid thought he was sweet. That was, was pretty. That was pretty bad. But oh, oh, I have a beer league thing, dude. So this is gonna be really hard to explain. This is from a couple games ago. We had this kid. We had this kid sub on my team. And it was the very first shift. And he comes out. He was actually a very good goalie. He was, like, 20 years old. He had, like, club hockey gear on from, like, a D1 school. I'm pretty sure it was club. I know it was club. But he was acting like the man. Regardless, first play of the game, I'm on the ice. The other team dumps the puck in. The goalie stops it from behind behind the net. I go to the left corner. The other defenseman goes to the right corner. We're both just sitting there, dude. There's, like, 15 seconds. Um and I didn't say anything because I had never played with the kid before. I should have said something probably. But we got off the ice and he goes, I didn't know I was playing. I didn't know I was playing with the school of the blind or the school of the deaf, like that you guys couldn't say anything. And I was like, I wanted to be like, my response to that, I wanted to be like, dude, like if you think you're a competent goalie, you had, it's not like anyone's flying down the ice. You had a 35-year-old fat accountant coming down the center on the forecheck. You had, like, 15 seconds with the puck on your stick. If you couldn't turn your head to the left and to the right, then maybe you don't deserve your club hockey gear. Like, get the fuck out of my face. Is and, he your goalie? No, he was a sub goalie. Dude, what a dick. I, would, I wouldn't have played any defense the rest of the night. Fuck and, that kid. And here's my other thing, dude. The really good goalies in beer league, you know what they do when they get that puck? If you're an, actually a good goalie and you think you can talk that much shit, you skate out to the center and you make a fucking breakout pass. That's what good goalies does. That's what our normal goalie does is his head is up and he's looking for open sticks. He's not complaining no one's calling his name. I don't know your name, dude. Grow dude, up. Dude, how do you not know that the defensemen aren't going to be in the fucking corners? He never looked. I was right there the whole time. So was the other guy, dude. Like, there the whole time. That would be my first place to look. Didn't look. And then blamed us, dude. Well, here's my thing, dude. If you guys are both in the corners, where the fuck was he looking? That's what I oh, – ahead. He just stared ahead and didn't move. That's insane. And did he say it, like, in a jokingly voice or was I, he, like – Kind of, dude, but, like, at the same time, it's like, yeah, on my face. Yeah, fuck that guy. But, yeah, uh, that's not even my zero of the week. I'm going to just kind of do it mine really quick because, Ken, you actually know it better than me, and then you can go into your zero, too. But Bizdev Dale got called up to be fan of the game or something like that at the trivia, the- trivia, Trivia contestant, Uno's Pizzeria and Grill. Take it away, dude. All right, so uh- – Dale, I'm like, hey, Dale, let's do the trivia. He's like, cool. And, like, I normally tell the people the answers of the trivia questions because it makes everybody look good. So I tell Dale the answer, and he's like, okay. And we're walking away, and he just keeps asking me what the answer is over and over and over again. And I just keep telling him. And then he asks one more time. And I have, like, a 17-year-old intern. He plays lacrosse. He's, like, a good kid. And he goes, it's B. Like, just kind of, like, fucking around. The answer was A. (laughs) So we get up there. I read the trivia question. And Dale gets the fucking question wrong. Literally the first person in history of the Adirondack Thunder to get a trivia question wrong. Dale gets the question wrong. And, and the, like, everybody was rattled because they're, like, kind of supposed to get it right. So, like, the guy's like, oh, yeah, he did get it wrong. And, like, everybody thought it was hilarious. It, I, I don't know. Like, I, Dale, what was going through your mind there, dude? <laughs> okay. All right. So you kept telling me two. You were saying two, two. And- the, answer, the answer was two, but it was A. Yeah, but it didn't say A, B, or C. It was just it was just one, two, three, like numerically. I don't know. I just for some reason in my head I was thinking like second one down, B. 
I don't know. I just went to for the answer too. And the, and it, it was it was uh, what was the question? It was oh, it was how many former Allen Americans have played on the Thunder? So I'm reading the question, and Dale, cocky as shit, is like pretending to count the people on the fucking bench, and he goes two, and he gets it wrong. <laughs> I go, no, I, I, yeah, I started counting that, and then I just said zero. Mm. That's tough, dude. Yeah. So. <laughs> But but it did brighten up the place a little bit, so that's good, dude. Good performance. I mean, we all. What would have? What would have he won? Well, I still no. So I still got the Stewart's gift card and went straight to Stewart's after. Got myself some ice cream. Still got uh, eleven bucks left on it. I don't know. Might might buy myself some beef jerky tonight. I don't really know how I feel about the Thunder still giving it the, 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 the gift the gift card. My fear of the week. Uh, uh, we had a second period thing. It's a, this new every Saturday. A guy, oh, it's first period. Uh, you go to the far blue line, and we feed you pucks, and you shoot it down to the other end of the ice. And for every goal that you make, you get a $5 gift card to Dunkin' Donuts. So my boss is telling me this, and I'm like, yo, they're going to leave with, like, an $800 gift card to Dunkin' Donuts. Like, what are you talking Like, And she's like, yeah, we'll just see how it goes. This kid did not get a single puck in the net like most of his shots didn't even reach the far blue line he was like a capable like human it was bananas so my zero of the week goes to that guy i don't know someone who recently did very bad in a in an intermission uh event i don't have any comment on that situation you have a minute you have a minute with unlimited pucks that you can shoot down the ice he didn't get one in maybe it had a few too many beers like i had dude like i just want to sympathize with this guy just you don't know what's going on in his life, dude. Why don't you back off? All right, dude. <laughs> I'm kidding, dude. Yeah, that's a tough look. I don't know. I don't know, though. I honestly think, like, how many do you think you could hit under those circumstances? Honestly, in 60 seconds? 20. 20. No, I'm old thinking. Thinking. <laughs> I would think 20. How many? There's unlimited pucks. There's like unlimited 50 pucks. pucks in 60 seconds. I would at least get 20. And, and that's, a, that's a $100 gift card to Dunkin' Donuts. What would you spend it on, dude? I don't know. I'd probably use it as a Christmas gift. I don't go to Dunkin' a lot. Oh, that's right, dude. Not actually. That's okay. I was gonna chirp you. I I kind of have a hard time with your coffee selection because you do drink at Stewart's, which is great coffee, great gas station coffee. But then you also go to like the craft beanery, dude. Like you get like the no. First off, I I'll drink Stewart's coffee if I'm in a bind, but I drink my coffee at Saratoga Coffee Trainers and Ice Death Wish every single day, dude. And you can't chirp an ice death wish, dude, because it's like rocket fuel. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact: uh, Death Wish Coffee is the number one selling coffee on Amazon. It's all—it's all marketing, though, if you think about it, because it's the world's strongest coffee. And but, they have a hockey jersey, so we should reach out to Death Wish, right, Death? We should. I think they could be the official coffee of the morning skate if we play our cards right. That'd be unbelievable. Um, but yeah, that's what did everybody do their heroes and zeros? I think we're done. We're yes. done, dude. All right, last segment, three stars. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. All right, three stars of the week. I saw somebody post this on Reddit. Rainbow underscore Explorer posted this. Uh, what new awards should the NHL add? I thought this was a good question to ask. My third star goes to Penalty Killer of the Year. I just say this because I've always been like on the third or fourth line in real hockey. And it's your role to get out there, bang bodies, get off the ice, and most of the time you're penalty killing. Uh, 
penalty killers don't get a lot of you know love and they should they're the guys blocking shots so those are the guys that are killing off the penalty that your star player took in the offensive zone uh, it'd be good to have a penalty killer of the year award good one dude i mean i agree that'd be a feel good i think this is something I had a really tough time with, so I'm going to switch up a little bit. My third star is going to be Instagram video of the year, Instagram training video of the year. It's time guys like Michael Grabner jumping out of pools with their shirts off, get a little more appreciation. Um, maybe this is something P.K. Subban could actually excel in, going back to what he was talking about earlier, like YouTube channel of the year for P.K. Subban, the P.K. Subban invitational dude. Um, I don't know. Maybe just something like uh, some type of award that actually gives that to someone who's actually like a funny person. I like that. That's a that's a pretty good one. Dale, have you did you write any three stars down or are you just you listening at this point? I've got one off the top of my head. All right, what's your what is it? It's just Jay from Hockey Town. I walked into uh, get my skate sharpened yesterday, brought my girlfriend to Hockey Town for the first time ever. Um Jay sees us, he goes, Oh he goes he goes, Oh, lucky lucky you or he said something like that and you know, it made me feel good because I was like, this is my girlfriend. And he was like, oh, lucky, lucky girl. Sweet. Thanks, Jay. <laughs> Wait, so what's the award? <laughs> Can we cut this, dude? <laughs> I feel like I really, I really bombed on that one. So Garrison's, Garrison's third star is Jay, the Jay from Hockey Town said, like, I, I have this a nice girlfriend. girlfriend. Award. <laughs> no, no, no. He said, he said, like. Like, congrats to her. You know what I mean? Like, like lucky girl. Like, oh, all right. So the Garrison Grant Award. <laughs> I'm done. <dude. laughs> all right, that was Garrison's or Dale's third star, dude. What's your second star? <laughs> My second star goes to Top Face Off guy. Uh, there's tons of paddles that go on during NHL games, and I think the face-offs are, like, one of the biggest ones. That's just mano a mano, who's better than who, like, who wants it more. So I think the top face-off guy should get an award. That's fair, dude. I think sometimes one thing I would say on that is I think sometimes people, like, group that into the Selkie, but I actually agree with you at the same sense because maybe there's a dude out there. I'm trying to think, like, just like a fourth, like, Stefan Yell. Do you remember how he just dominated yeah. face-offs? Like, he deserved yeah. an award, so that's a good one. Um I like that. I'm going to shift of the year. Just, just pretty straightforward, dude. Someone who banged bodies, maybe scored a goal. Like the Claude Giroux shift against the Penguins, like in the playoffs yeah. years ago. That would have been a shift of the year award. Yeah, yeah. So something like that. Because uh, I feel like too, that's like a sick one. Like that's something the fans can vote on, and like the videos, like at the All Star game, would look sick. So shift of the year is my number two. I think <laughs> Dale for the countdown. That's a good one. Wait, what about Dale for the countdown? You got a number two star, dude? Dude, I'm done. I just, yeah, need a minute. <laughs> All right. So, so my number one star, the Bob Probert Fighter of the Year presented by uh, Southpaw. Fighting's kind of going out of the game, but I think it'd be pretty cool if Southpaw got up on stage and got to present the yearly award to whoever was the best fighter or had the best fight of the year. Yeah, that would be cool, dude. I agree with that. I think it should be best fighter. It doesn't mean the one thing a best fighter I think would get confused with would be like the person who fought the most. That can't be the case. Um, yeah, that'd be a cool award. My number one, dude, I'm just going to keep it simple. Shout out to the podcast, Dom Moore, Hero and Zero of the Year. Doesn't really make any sense. It's just probably like the best storyline of the year. Have Dom Moore come out there, do like a 25 minute laser light show, like introduction, um, and then like have Dom Moore like give an award to an Ottawa senator for doing something awesome. 
I like that. I like to get maybe some ping pong in there too. <laughs> yeah. Right. Some ping pong, dude, and just like the the the, uh, the trophy is like him, like mid like three sixty, like going around defenseman crashing the net. I actually tweeted about Don Moore on my personal account recently about like the spinorama or some shit, and like you want to believe how many Ranger fans actually like realized that he used to do shit like that, and they all thought it was hilarious. It was kind of cool that I wasn't the only like bonehead out there that thought Don Moore was just like a savage. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the podcast. Do we have anything else for the listeners at home, dude? I don't. Does Dale? I know. I don't know if he wants to end on a higher note or if he's just tapped out. Yeah, I just, I just would like to uh, uh, get another start out there. Our buddy Eamon Oh, good call. Uh, got, got engaged. The kid rents out the Bryant Park ice skating rink. Puts on some Michael Bublé, gets down on one knee, and goes for a celebratory lap like he just won the cup. Just beautiful. Video literally almost made me cry, to be completely honest. But, Gubsy. You, you nailed that, because I wanted to mention that earlier, and I'm pissed that I forgot about it, so I'm glad that like you brought that up. Like, he set the bar really high. Yeah, no, he did. Yeah, I just wanted I just wanted to say one thing. I thought it was really cool that he did it at the same part of the ice too that he that one time he pulled his pants down pretending to take a dump on center ice. So it's like the same spot. So he has a he has that like flair for the limelight. I was telling Bizdev Dale on the group text the other day too. Uh Dubsy was made for this. This is like he's one of those kids that you knew he was gonna do this. He was like making YouTube videos for girls in like eighth grade and stuff like that. Like he just he delivered he delivered he did it in a nice way like if I did that I'd look like a meathead like people would be like someone get this fucking kid off the ice right now like turn the t- turn the Michael Bublé off like I want to do some fucking laps but like Dubsy did it and like there was like a round of applause and like I don't know I think there was people in the crowd that like kind of fell in love with their wife again and stuff like that it seemed like it seemed like a real emotional moment. Yeah, he definitely set the bar high, like Dale said. That was an absolute power move of an engagement. As hockey players, like, I feel like we all kind of, like, think to ourselves, like, damn, like, maybe when I get engaged, I do something like that. And then you think, like, oh, God, my girlfriend would fucking hate that. But Dubs did it anyway. And that was, dude, absolutely legendary. Well, that shout was- out to Miss Dubs. Miss Dubs played hockey. Buffalo. Which is also very cool. So so it actually really plays there because she actually played hockey. So then it actually means something to her. It's just not a selfish de- decision on your part. Exactly, so, which which would be what I would – would that would be me. It would be a selfish move, but Dubsy went out above me. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Dubs. That's the podcast. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We'll see you guys next week. Oh.